Oh, thank you. Men are a plague. In each of these episodes, specific men are a problem, but I've watched enough American news lately to extrapolate. Young men, business zombies, anthropomorphic hearts. Let's get rid of all of them on today's Sex Time. Hi, Badger. Welcome to Sex Time with Badger and Kelly. Oh, with, with Badger and Kelly. And Emily, our only listener. Who's definitely real. We didn't make her up. Nope. She listens to this all the time. She's very popular. And if you were popular, you'd be listening to We have to give a, a shout out to an actual person, though. Mm-hmm. And that's Lisa. Yeah, she's also real. And we didn't make these very common white names up. No, Lisa is real. Mm-hmm. Lisa, well, Emily's real. She's real. Uh-huh. Lisa's our our first subscriber. On um, now that we have broad distribution, we are on all of the places you can find podcasts now, especially the Big Kahuna, which is Apple, iTunes, whatever. Cool. We are riding Steve Jobs's ghost into the uh, airwaves. Speaking of male ghosts, we have a lot of men to talk about tonight. Do we have to? This was our podcast idea, and this is just how the episodes lined up. It's kind of um, kismet how they all seem to focus on guys. I feel like the anomaly there is Adventure Time, because mm-hmm. that's that's the baseline of Sex in the City, so that's happening every single episode, and it's It's kismet when the Adventure Time episodes focus on romance or men. So before we launch into talking about these things, you had an idea for a a segment that maybe not every time we talk we'll we'll bring up, but you've you've got some stuff saved up that you want to talk about. Yes, it's Kelly's Contradiction Corner. It's just a little slice of real life. For you, all you listeners out there. And these are occurrences that happen with some frequency. Kelly and I work together and are basically married. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Kelly versus Kelly talk that happens just throughout the day and throughout the week. Uh, so earlier this week, I decided to just take this. St- we work on a hill, like a big, a tall hill. It, it's huge. I decided that I would take the stairs all day for exercise. I told Kelly that I was going to take the stairs. She could take the elevator. And she scoffed and said, why? You don't need exercise. And I said, yeah, I do. And she said, well, no, because you walk all the time. And I said, well, now I'm taking the stairs. It's more intense exercise. And she said, whatever, you don't need it. I do, uh, for one. 
And then later she said, oh, by the way, I joined a gym. I'm going after work. It's not stairs. I'm not doing stairs at the gym. You don't need to exercise. That's what you sound like. I don't need to exercise like that. Uh, Also, Kelly, I'm perfect. I make the most perfect processes in the world. Also, Kelly shows up at work with a huge mystery stain on her right forearm that she doesn't know how it got there. On my actual skin. Yes. We'll post the picture on Twitter. Yeah. You want to keep going? I'm going to save some. I just spread them out. I didn't, I didn't write them down, but I could make a little pamphlet at this point. This, I, I mean... How do you how do you even stand to be around me? I just it's a lot of deep breaths sometimes. You know how I work in a really loud area, I can just really zone out. Mm-hmm. I can be successful there. I so I, I don't know how you want me to continue answering this. You zone me out sometimes. I just take a deep breath and I think she'll change your mind in a second. Well, now that we know that I'm a consistent person who definitely doesn't vacillate between extremes all day, I feel really great about myself right now. Let's talk about sex in the city. Uh, if you're being sarcastic, then I can guarantee you that in like three minutes, you'll be like, I am really great. Maybe I won't say it out loud. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm so ill-prepared tonight. I don't even have the episode titles written down, but who gives a fuck? I'll put it in the show description. Wait, hang on. I'm by my computer and I can find them. (laughs) We've had a really long week. I feel like it's been a month. It's been really intense. And um, you think that like dealing with me on a personal level is difficult. We've both been dealing with some like really big challenges at work and we're tired. Yep. Women can't have it all i mean we're trying we made some real headway yep we got the vote i meant like this week at work (laughs) but yeah we got the vote too (laughs) a lot of good it's done us i have to say oh yeah i'm going so well white women are really fucking that one up Mm mm-hmm do you have the, the title for the Sex in the City? Episode? I'm working on it. It's okay. The title of Sex in the City Valley of the 20 something guys. Mr. Big and Carrie continue to bump into each other during social events, which leads them to try their to organize their first drink thing. On a night out, Carrie meets 20 something Sam Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. What? This show is riddled with actors that this is like one of their first gigs, and you're going to never. See... Who is that? His last oh. name is spelled like Oliphant from uh, Lord of the Rings. Let's not talk about Lord of the Rings. We can't. We can't do that tonight. I can't do that tonight. <laughs> um, he's he's in. Um, he's a pretty well known, like for the most part, I think TV actor now. Well, uh, Carrie meets twenty something that guy. Huh. Which turns out to be not so glamorous. Oh, for a fling, which turns out to be not so glamorous in the light of day. Mm-hmm. Charlotte despair over the possibility of having anal sex. Mm-hmm. Samantha dates a younger chef, but finds the appeal wearing off. 
And the Adventure Time episodes were Ricardio the Heart Guy and Business Time. So let's talk about the Sex in the City episode. Because um, I think that they're... We don't need to talk really too much, I think, about the Samantha part. Because I feel like that's not, like, super crucial. Like, oh, Samantha is sexually empowered. And it doesn't go great all the time. Whatever. Um, oh, before we launch into that, you said that you would find one thing you liked about every episode. Yes. Um so the thing that I liked about this episode, I think it's going to hopefully continue to be a pattern in the series, hmm. which is that if it were a different sitcom, when Carrie gets to her drink thing with Mr. Big and his drunk, weird friend is there, who I get the feeling I'm supposed to know who that is because she says he's Mr. Marvelous. I've never seen him before. Um, I think in another show, it would be a really awkward like oh this is our weird date with your weird drunken friend and Carrie just leaves so I guess my favorite part of these shows is where the women leave the men yeah well that's my favorite part about anything really (laughs) so that is the thing that I liked about the valley of 20 something guys so Carrie is acting out on some of her frustration that Mr. Big is like sorry wait is the Valley of Twenty-something Guys like a riff on the Valley of the Shadow of Death? No, probably Valley of the Dolls. Because Valley of the Dolls, are you familiar with that? No. So it's a book, I think, from the 60s. And Valley of the Dolls, Dolls is slang for pills. So it's like L.A. in the 60s or so where like people are just, you know, pill heads. And I think that there's, if you want to give them any credit, it's kind of clever. Because Carrie is using this guy somewhat as a drug. What's happening? I'm hearing weird sounds. Oh, uh, I was looking at my text message. We're actually getting some feedback on our previous podcast. Oh, wow. A real life update. Do you want to tell, tell, tell everybody what was said? Yeah. Um, so let's give a shout out to Kate. Hey, Kate. Oh, Kate. Is she a real person too? She's totally real. And cool. She's a very friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that when I talk, it's really loud and when you're talking it kind of vacillates between loud and too quiet so then she turns it up and then I'm really loud so the first time anyone said that about me yeah that is weird um we are not recording on very good equipment our phones are fine equipment but hopefully when we get that sponsorship by Caspit Mortises Mm -hmm. we'll get some real equipment so thank you Kate we I will talk a little bit louder I, I don't know if she needs you to be loud all the time or quiet all the time. We just need to be at the same. We need to sound the same volume. Eventually, we'll try to do these together in person, which I think might help. It could help. Okay, back to what we I don't talking. think I can look at you while we're talking about these things, though. I mean, you can't really look at me anyway. That's true. Okay, so... A Carrie is using this younger guy as somewhat of a drug. It's not... Um, she's not really seeing this as an investment, but she's getting kind of a fix out of it that she's got this guy that she can just like, you know, make out with and kind of, you know, hook up with. And it's, it's so much less complex than dealing with a guy who's like older and has a busy career and things like that. So, I mean, that's fair that that there's a difference between the things and she's not like, this guy is going to be my husband. But, mm-hmm. but then, so she finally sleeps with him. And 
they wake up and it's like did he have like 20 bong hits between when they had fallen asleep and and she had woken up because he was like a completely different person yeah like a starkly different person in the light of day he's like an idiot he talks like completely differently his house is a total mess and how how did she miss that on the way upstairs right she had to climb a ladder to get upstairs did she not what was she thinking I mean, I kind of get it. So she, you know, quickly learns that this is not really what she wants to invest her time into. And while she is walking home, um, probably dripping urine because she had no toilet paper, she sees Mr. Big again. And, And that's the guy for her, apparently. I guess so. You really um, don't like him. I don't see the appeal. Are there any guys in this that you think do have an appeal to them? Because I, I see all these guys in this too. And I'm also like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. I, maybe it's a late 90s thing. I don't know what it is. But if I see a guy and I'm like, eyebrow raise at that man, I will let you know. <laughs> well, another guy that was specifically called out for being handsome was the guy that Charlotte was seeing and I was also like uh and honestly I can't even remember what he looks like but I think if I put it in my mind's eye he reminds me of Toby from the office yeah yeah kind of just like a sort of shapeless white man shaped guy so he seems like the perfect fit for her but then he wants to do butt stuff Mm -hmm. and apparently that he asked for that is a crisis and all of the girls have to mobilize and talk about it. Yeah. I I mean, at no point did I see them saying, how do you feel about it? Is that something you'd like to explore? It was, it was just based on how does this impact the relationship without like, um, Charlotte, is this something you have ever thought about? If I was in that taxi with several girlfriends and saw Charlotte, like, literally on the verge of a panic attack about it, I would say, hey, this seems to be causing a lot of anxiety for you. You may be interested in this in the future, but this seems like it's probably not good for you right now. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, however, I think that this is probably one of the better portrayals of consent in talking about boundaries with a partner that we've seen so far. That's true. Because she said no. She just didn't want to for whatever reason. And he was basically fine with it. So her reason is, is really stupid. Can we talk about her reason? Yes. Her reason is that men don't marry the up the butt girl. Yeah, and she wants to be married, and there's no way that butt stuff and marriage is compatible, apparently. Yeah, a married couple would never have consensual anal sex. Nope. Despite the fact that more straight people do that than gay people. (laughs) The show is so dumb. (laughs) And I loved this show when I was, like, 19. You did, really? I mean, can you 
I mean, when I'm 19, this all seems so glamorous and it's like provocative conversations, women who seem really assertive and self-assured and, you know, the fashion was like really like so attractive at the time. And I don't know. I may have even like thought that Mr. Big was somewhat attractive too. I I don't know. I don't know either. Um, You and I are very different. Yeah. When I was 19, I had not been living at home for a while uh, and I moved by myself to Montana to work on a national parks property for the summer and I was getting up to some Samantha-esque stuff. Did you hear my cat? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Kingsley is right now slut-shaming and uh, I won't stand for that in my house, young man. Maybe he's cheering me on. Oh, you know, he might be. Here, come sit with me and shut up. Come on. Come on. Oh, this idiot. Boys are idiots. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is there much more we want to say about the Sex in the City episode? Simon's not an idiot. Well, guinea pigs are better than people. We Simon's know that. perfect. Kingsley's okay. He's, he's sitting fine. He's sitting like a nice boy now, and hopefully he'll be quiet. So the other thing that I'm pretty sure is going to be patternistic across the episodes of this show is that when Carrie is sad, so Carrie is a newspaper writer. She writes a column in the newspaper. I don't think she does any other work. No, she does not. And when she is sad, she goes to shop for shoes. And she mentions at some point in the episode that she's wearing $400 shoes which I've never even considered purchasing hiking boots that cost that much. And hiking boots are, you know, if you buy a really fancy pair of new, it's going to be, you know, maybe $200 plus. Mm-hmm. And this is 1998 money, so I don't even know what that translates to. $700 right. shoes? So in defense... Like well, well pre-recession. In defense of the sketchy economics of this series and there will be money talk later which is pretty interesting um in defense of that this is before the death of print so she might have actually had a viable lucrative career in new york print journalism Mm. okay but like one column a week that's not gonna get her by like why is she not crying because she can't finish her novel and she's an adjunct somewhere i don't know but she is so I think to to an extent she's emotionally volatile and she's a very impulsive person. Well, it doesn't make sense to me and I don't know what I would do if I had $400 pair of shoes money. Right? Probably finally buy some more guinea pigs. You don't need any more. No, I don't. And if I do need some more working with the rescue you're allowed to just walk off with one in your pocket now and then do you want to plug your rescue i don't know maybe let me think of what to say about it okay not to put you on the spot people hear about it and then they're like oh that must be cute but it's uh, kind of a super bummer (laughs) i Mm -hmm. don't know if you know what vicarious trauma and passion fatigue are. Well, I know because I know you. Yeah, but most people don't. And most people don't think, oh, vicarious trauma, 
compassion fatigue when you hear the term animal rescue, especially when it's for the best animal in the world, the guinea pig. Can you imagine any of the women in this show giving any of their time to a volunteer organization like that? Maybe Charlotte so that she could meet an eligible, marriageable man. Charlotte would have done it probably in high school just to have an extracurricular for her college application. Right. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know these people. You will know them. You're going to watch all of this. And you're going to watch all of Adventure Time. Should we switch gears? So we're we're still in the first season. It's still a little rough. Yes. Um, Ricardio the heart guy. Yeah. So last time we talked, you said that there was a character who was going to be showing up in these episodes who you didn't like and who would be coming back. Is Ricardio that guy? No. Mm. I'm curious now. But Ricardio... That is something that happens. You do see him again. Hmm. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he voiced by George Decay? He was, yes. Okay. Very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. So, the whole premise of this is uh, it's this charming heart dude who shows up to the, what's the Candy Kingdom? Is that right? Yep. Okay. And everyone's like, oh my god, he is the best. And he like gives really good massages. And Finn is jealous um he won't admit it but he's jealous of the attention that princess bubblegum is giving to ricardio and maybe it's jealousy that gave him the suspicion maybe it was a real gut instinct that he thinks ricardio is up to no good and everyone's like you're crazy jealous we don't believe you yep and ricardio turns out to not only be bad but be bad for a very bizarre reason (laughs) So he is the heart of the Ice King. The Ice King was doing some magic that was outside of his class and XP. <laughs> it went wrong. His heart became like a, its own, like a corporeally its own person, left his body, and goes off to... Entrap Princess Bubblegum, tie her up, rip her heart out, and make out with it. This is a children's show. This is also when the some of the veil of like, oh, it's so twee starts to drop. I don't know if you noticed, but when Princess Bubblegum opens her door into the, the main hall in the background, you see some skeletons hanging up in manacles. Oh, I did not notice that. This show is just full of little things. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yes. So Finn, um, regardless of what his intention or like the motivation behind why he doesn't trust Ricardio, Finn um, is vindicated, though, because they discover that Ricardio is bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like... I don't know. I keep thinking like here has here is how I want Finn to develop. And I want Finn not to have like the justification to like make decisions based on jealousy. But I feel like this is giving him the opportunity to, you know, maybe make these sorts of judgments in the future that come from an emotional place because he was proved correct once before. 
Right. So yeah, I you can't tell if it's if if it's jealousy that spawns that or if he is jealous and also has a gut feeling about this guy, but I think that it's good in this episode that the Jake and Princess Bubblegum both recognize that like Finn, you're being jealous. This is a new feeling for you. Mhm. You, you want to talk about it pretty much they're not denying him the expression of his emotions mm-hmm. and, and and they're trying to have like a really earnest conversation with him but I also feel like that's knowing that if you take any reality out of this a 12 year old boy doesn't typically like to be confronted with their emotions like that because it is embarrassing Finn and has not been socialized around human society mm-hmm. he's the only human but it's still, you know, experiencing a new emotion and then having people call it out. I don't even know if that would be like he's around sentient beings who speak his language and are of the like relative intelligence level that he is. Right. So, their culture is so different. But shame is a concept that exists in this society. But not necessarily in terms of having and expressing your feelings. Like, in The Jiggler, Jake didn't make fun of him because, like, oh, you're crying and you're kissing this animal thing. That's so silly. Well, maybe it's something that's inherent to adolescence, regardless of what you're raised around. I mean, it's an interesting thought experiment. I don't know why you're... You seem to be insisting that because he is a 12-year-old human boy, he must experience the same emotions and the same responses that 12-year-old boys have now in what we know is a toxic culture of masculinity. Maybe, but there is some stuff that is, there's toxic masculinity in this world too, like the Ice King, right? Mm -hmm. And Finn knows the Ice King's kind of a bad guy. He doesn't want to be like the Ice King. Nobody likes, nobody wants to be like the worst example of what's toxically masculine, but it it happens. Like there's still some aspects there's, I'm, you know, whatever. I've had a beer. So, well, just accept that Finn is allowed to express jealousy and he does not necessarily have to act like the 12 year old boys of today. So he is proven correct, regardless of how he came upon this conclusion that Ricardio sucked. And then um, they all eat spaghetti at the end. Mm -hmm. So what do you take from this? Well, I think it's, it's a weird episode. (laughs) They all are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I did like that the Ice King used the word enervated. Because if you're going to have a kid's show, why not have kids look something up in the online dictionary later? Fair. Sure. Uh, this is... So I've got the perspective. I was, I've seen all of these. I know this guy comes back. I know when he comes back. I know what happens at that time. So it's a little hard for me to just come up with like, a hot take about it. Mm-hmm. I basically like the episode. How um so I have a couple questions. So how old is Princess Bubblegum supposed to be? I'm not telling you. I can't believe that information is so crucial to like future plot. About 19. Like she's presenting as about 19. Okay. So she can like 
discern how Finn feels about her, but also not cross any lines because she's mature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. She's not like 600 years old trapped in like a teenager's body. She's not 600 years old trapped in a teenager's body. <laughs> is she 599? <laughs> she is not 599 years old. Trapped I, can, in a teenager. I can keep going. I won't. Um, okay. And then is this the episode that their character emerges that you are upset about seeing again? No. Okay. So that would be in the next one. No. Um, I thought it was in one of these two. No, it's coming up. Um, oh, I thought. Hmm. Okay. I misunderstood. It's coming. It's. um. Well, I guess it'll be a little while. The episode is called Freak City. Okay. Well, I'm going to watch all of these, so I will learn sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we want to say about Ricardio? Uh, just that he seems to reincorporate back into the Ice King's body in a fairly bloodless way. Yeah, like osmosis level absorption. Mm-hmm. And the Ice King was able to exist, you know. A diminished Ice King was able to exist without him. Mm-hmm. For a while. Yeah. Weird. Oh, and, you know, they they have the chance. Like, Ice King's a bad guy. They have the chance to just beat up his heart and not return it to him. But I feel like they know that's not their decision to make. Hmm. It would have been, like, a disproportionate reaction to the level of bad that he had created. Yeah, like Caroline Standard, guys. Caroline Standard? The Caroline Standard. It was um, when the, is it, the British people didn't like that someone was helping the Canadians overthrow probably the British people. And they intercepted their boat, the Caroline. Oh! It's the ne- Necessary and Proportionate Response Clause, and if we had listeners, they would probably be tweeting at me right now to to clarify that, and I would appreciate that. Um, it has been a long time since I took that international law class. Well, the Caroline Standard states that responses must be necessary and proportionate, uh, and it's based on this the thing that happened where, in response to uh, some mild smuggling. The, I'm pretty sure the British took a boat that was doing the smuggling or helping the wrong guys, set it on fire, and pushed it down Niagara Falls. That's right. Man, it has been a long time since I have. Yes, I learned that in a class, a class I got an A in. It didn't stick very well, clearly. But Shout okay. out Dr. Kinsella. Dr. Kinsella was my favorite professor. I took everything he taught. Yeah, he was great. He's my friend on Facebook. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, he goes, he went to Greece last year. Yeah, he got married to a an Argentinian uh, cargo pilot. He is goals. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not blushing. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the last thing we're going to talk about business time okay i have a legit question that i am guessing you're not going to be able to give me the answer for try me okay so the the plot is 
um, Finn and Jake are like hanging out on a beach and they're thawing icebergs and <laughs> Jake keeps finding baby socks or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like pretty creepy. Um, they're all they, lefties. They're all lefties. Um, but they thought um, one that has these uh, zombie businessmen um, who are single-mindedly like, we are just going to be business work, employ us, we'll do things efficiently, blah, blah, blah. So you've told me a couple times that Finn is the last human. Mm-hmm. Are these zombies of the last humans or are they zombies of a non-human species? A lot of characters in this show are humanoid. Mm-hmm. And with these, I'm not sure if they are like pre-apocalyptic or if they are just a different offshoot of humanity or something else that got so we're really into business and we're frozen and washed up on these shores. So the the premise is that um, Finn and Jake Finn and Jake realize that they can put these guys to work, um, and uh, the guys the zombies kind of run with it and become uh, replacements for them in, in, in a sense. So they, they not only assist in the adventuring, but kind of overtake the duties. And then um, Finn and Jake become lethargic and eat a lot of ice cream, which like who could blame them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the zombie businessmen um, kind of go rogue. They, they think that they are, doing the efficient thing and they're actually like torturing these small little creatures and vacuuming them up and so Finn and Jake who are encumbered by ice cream fatness uh, try to try to fix the situation but they're not doing too hot in, in the process mm-hmm. I don't think that they're really zombies because you do see the undead in this show and those guys are pretty benign I'm not a huge fan of this episode because I have like a thing about weird textures and especially weird stuff on skin. Oh, they've and got they've, those like sores on them. They've got like sores and I don't know, kind of barnacle-y mm-hmm. clumps on their faces. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard to look at. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is right or not, but I feel like they... We're all voiced by Brian Posehn. Is that correct? Do you know? I don't know. It sounded like him. I think it might have been. I think they were all voiced by the same person, if nothing else. So um, ultimately, they're vanquished, kind of, because uh, Jake eats enough ice cream. And then combined with his ability to expand his mass, he clogs the vacuum. And then... um, Finn had fired them and then he rehires them and he hired them to freeze themselves back into an iceberg and float away. Um, which I think, I mean, they're ostensibly like sentient creatures. So the fact that they are frozen in an iceberg um, as a consequence of doing what they feel is right is a little troubling to me. You don't, do you, am I like applying way too much like criticism to this show from uh, no I was just looking up who voiced it so oh. I was saying was businessman one mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Shatta who plays Finn was businessman two huh. John DiMaggio who plays Jake is businessman three and Pendleton Ward 
I believe is businessman four. Pendleton Ward also voices Lumpy Space Princess. And he's the series creator. Yes. Got it. So with this, I think what Maria Bamford was Hot Dog Princess. Oh, really? Yeah. Hot Dog Princess, Fluffy Creature number three and Creature number four. I know you're not a big fan of her, but I watched uh, Lady Dynamite and it's uh, it's weird and good. Okay. Well, she's Hot Dog Princess. <laughs> so what do you take from this from this episode? Uh, it's hard to get past the the humanoid skin thing, but I think we learn a little more about the character of Jake. Mm-hmm. In that if he can take the path of least resistance, he absolutely will. He is very, very pro hiring these guys, letting them build stuff. It's really only when things get dire that he recognizes a need to step in. Mm -hmm. I think what Finn is taking from this is that it's better to do the hard things yourself. Hmm. And I, I believe that at, at their core, most children's programming tries to have a, like, lesson in it. So that would probably be a lesson for children from it. If it is for children, it's not explicitly spelled out. What, the, the whole purpose of the series or this The episode? whole purpose of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... I'm working to extrapolate this because this is a podcast and we're doing this. But honestly, just viewing the episode, it's like, oh, it's weird. What is weird? Uh, okay. This sucks that Finn can't just squeeze the squeeze his body shape back after eating all that ice cream. Jake can. I mean, everything else seems to, you know, not have much of a connection to the laws of physics so yeah it's adds up yeah I um I didn't really love either of these episodes yeah I preferred Ricardio the heart guy of the two I think I did too but neither of them really neither of them would be on like a rewatch list probably yeah I rewatched the first episode the least mm-hmm um, so for the next two episodes, they're pretty good. You are going to learn a little more about Jake and Lady Rainicorn. Oh, yeah. And the episode after that, you are going to learn the core of where Finn gets his heroic ideals from. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I am looking up the next episode of Sex in the City. Uh, so that would be season one, episode five, maybe. Uh huh. I think so. <laughs> uh, sorry, bear with me. Oh, I just had it on my screen. I can look it up. Episode five: The Power of Female Sex. Oh, I can't remember what that is based on the title. I'm looking on IMDb right now. I, it just looks like so many mistakes carry for a prostitute. She probably has to wrestle with that. <sighs> She'll probably buy some shoes as a response to it. Yeah, like one pair of shoes with all her prostitute money. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. 
There's also nothing wrong with getting shoes at Costco. Mm-hmm. I, um, my objection to the amount of money they spend on shoes is that they are spending so much money on shoes that are of the most minimal material possible. It is like a graham crackers worth of material. (laughs) It's, it's not much shoe. Oh God, that would hurt to walk around in New York on those. Yeah. It seems like a bad idea. A lot of the things these people do are bad ideas. A lot of the things we do are bad ideas. I know we're not great. Hey, hey, Skipper's still in in the show and he hasn't shot anybody yet. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like he's getting that much more violent, but that's how you can tell. It's always the quiet ones and the loud ones and the internet commenty ones. It's just men. It's just men. It's always just men are bad. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Bell Hooks said feminism is for everybody, but misandry is for women. (laughs) I'm so tired. And on that note, listener, Emily, Emily, who is is real. And then Kate, uh, who is also real. Yeah, she's so real that she gave us feedback about our feedback in our poor microphones <laughs> and lisa who we work with who is who also is real, real and she subscribed to this and we are so grateful that um all of them have spent some of their time in, um you know giving us a shot mm-hmm. i hope we continue to make the real people proud and engaged yeah and if nothing else we're doing this so that we can justify spending more time talking to each other and just screaming into the void it's it's amazing yeah i i'm actually really enjoying this just as a a feelings check-in i'm enjoying it more than i thought that i would wow i'm actually like really surprised by that yeah no i look forward to it oh well that makes me feel good because i know that you are so busy and that um taking time out of your day to do something like this is an ask of you so I really appreciate um, that you're doing it. And I, it makes me happy that you are getting something out of it. Well, I can multitask while I'm passively watching. Like uh, last time when I finished off your needlepoint decoration that I made for you. Because we're just that entwined. Yeah. <laughs> we should tweet. I'll tweet a picture of, of the needlepoint too. Okay. Perfect. Um, I'll give a, I'll record a little afterward um, giving details on the um the twitter account and things like that but i think for now i'm gonna go ahead and let you go we've had a long week and it's time for us to take a break sounds good i'll text you in a few minutes sounds good bye thanks so much for listening we really appreciate it to the three very real people who we know are listening um you can reach us at uh, at sex time pod on twitter And let us know what you think about what we do. And if you have any questions you want us to consider for future episodes, you can pretty much guess which ones we'll be talking about next time because we are going in order. One Sex and the City episode, two Adventure Time episodes every time until we're done. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, thank you.